Hey, what is up, you guys? It's Liam Gillen, and this is The Introverted Filmmaker, a podcast where I, an introvert who happens to be in the film industry, talks about all things that are happening, film, television, entertainment, through a personal lens. So today, I am finally getting around to recording this episode because I filmed this like three times last week. Not filmed, excuse me, recorded this three times last week. And like, I just got so tired. And then I tried to take a nap and it didn't help. And I've been trying to get back to record this episode all week, but I have been something called lazy. So I'm finally getting around to it. Um, So today's episode, we're just going to hop right in and it's going to be getting your first job in the film industry and television. Yay. Um, And it is something called being a PA, aka a production assistant, not a physician's assistant, a production assistant. So we're just going to hop right in. I'm going to talk about, you know, how to get a PA job, what it means to be a PA, and um, some experiences I have that have been positive and negative. So let's get into it. I have been a PA for over a year now, and it has been very difficult. Um, I am from New York, as you all know, and New York is a very competitive place, no matter who you are, no matter what you want to be. Um, But at the same time, there are a lot of opportunities, and you just need to know how to get them. So what does it mean to be a PA? A PA essentially is the entry of the entry-level jobs, and a job like this is the reason why people debate if film school is even worth it or not, because you truly do not need any experience to become a PA. I've met people that PA'd for the day that, you know, wanted to get into fashion or music. They were just doing it for fun. So that's the type of job it is. Um, But being a PA essentially is you're just the helper. You are really with everybody and anyone at any given time. You know, um, you would be hired by someone called a production coordinator or a key PA and you know when you're on set those are the people that tell you what to do oh lighting and electric need you to unload the truck they're going to send you over oh camera department needs you to transfer a lens to the second assistant camera that's your job um there's all different types of pas there's office pa camera pa um, set pa driving pa um driving pa is a very common one essentially you are driving cast and crew from one location to the other um or just driving equipment driving to get food whatever Um, Office PA is more of a pre-production aspect where you um, are doing financial work, getting the paperwork ready for the shoot, call sheets, whatever. There's also editing PAs um, that assist with video editing, of course. Um, So that's where it all starts. Um, But really, sometimes you are just the general PA, right? So how do you get to be a PA? Now, I just said before, you know, You don't need a degree and you don't need experience to be a PA. Um, Sometimes it helps, sometimes it doesn't. You know, I've met plenty of people on set who didn't even go to college at all. Um, But how do you begin? Of course, connections. Connections is important. There's always like, it's about who you know, not what you know. But a lot of my PA gigs, I've simply gotten because I got the, I had the experience. Um, If you are a student right now listening and you're about to graduate, my advice to you is when you make your resume, oh, yeah, we're going to get into resumes. Yeah, we need to talk about resumes um, because you have your general resume that career services probably taught you how to use. And then there is something called a crew resume. A crew resume is simply is, sim- is similar to um, a actor resume where you just list the credits, who was directing, what year you did it, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, name and information, um, your skill set, what skills you've learned as a PA, and just listing credits. But anyway, back to being a student and the resume. 
my advice to you if you have done student projects in your four years say you were the director of a short film you wrote a short film cross that out on your resume you can put it in the credits of your film but i would advise to not write it on your resume and the reason why is because um some people unfortunately they'll see that and think it's pretentious when truly it's not that is the work you did and it sucks that it has to be that way but you know when people are looking for a production assistant they want to know oh they you know they want to know that you are a production assistant and the perfect way to do that is to put it on your resume but you know like i said before if you don't want to do that you really own your work and own what you did which i totally understand write like director slash production assistant um so it just shows hey i've been on a set before and hey i've done what pas have done you know so that's what i would advise to do um and simply just create your own work you know and put pa so anyway next when your resume is all clean and polished and all of that um if you want to send me a dm on instagram at taken by liam um i would love to you know go over resumes with you and just you know what i've done um but anyway so after that there is something called facebook <laughs> mark zuckerberg invented it i don't know if you know it but that's where i've gotten a majority of my gigs um i know a lot of people they just ref got referred from friends and stuff i have like zero connections in this industry um which i'm slowly building up um so i went in cold turkey um there are other websites that you can use to get pa gigs such as backstage mandy production hub staff me up um i'm not a big fan of i haven't tried like mandy backstage and all that but i have tried staff me up and i'm gonna be honest with you i am not a big fan of it um a lot of people have had a lot of luck but um i was paying 20 dollars a month um to potentially find a pa gig and i didn't get any you know and it was kind of a waste of money so i just my i most of my gigs have been through facebook so what do you look for when you're on facebook um of course facebook groups um and for example i am from new york so i will type something in like new york city film crew new york city production assistant new york this like whatever your town is or big city put that in and um <clears throat> right production assistant or whatever and then you will find Facebook groups with thousands of people in them. Well, maybe if you're in a smaller town, there may not be as many. Um, but yeah, that's how I got in. That's how I find my Facebook groups. And like, for example, I went to college in the Hudson Valley, which is two hours up from Marist. I'm not Marist, <laughs> from Manhattan. Excuse me. I went to Marist. That's what I mean. Um, and the Hudson Valley is becoming a very film-centric place now. Um, of course, this happens after I graduate, whatever. But, you know, Hudson Valley filmmakers, you know, getting I'm from Long Island, Long Island filmmakers. There's not much going on on Long Island, so I wouldn't if you're from Long Island, just go to New York City. That's my opinion. Um, so, yeah, you find these Facebook groups. People are posting all the time. They need production coordinators, key PAs, second ACs, whatever, blah, 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 blah. Make sure you read these thoroughly. Unfortunately, there are a lot of trolls and a lot of people that are ready to scam you, which really, really sucks, um, or the budgets are ridiculously low paying. I have done really low paying gigs. Um, let me point out that in New York, the PA standard is $250 for the day, and I've done gigs for $100 or $125. The only reason why I did is because I was really, I was really interested in the film itself. Um, so, but other than that, if don't do that um, unless you really care about the project and are really striving for experience and you have the privilege of 
being able to take on those low paying jobs uh, because not everyone can. So, you know, like, for example, I did one PA gig. It was great. It was really good. Um, The problem was the director was refusing to give the footage away or something. No, the cinematographer was refusing to give the footage until they got paid, but then the director refused to pay everybody. Um, so I have never been paid for that one. And the guy like ran off. But other than that, you know, so yeah, you have to be careful. People will spam. People will give these ridiculously too good to be true offers. So you just got to read the fine print, read the comments in these posts to make sure because people love to call people out on these sites um so make sure you really look through and if they have like the smile the laughing react emoji it's probably a scam um but yeah like for example i got offered a videography gig and they were like yeah we're gonna charge you three thousand dollars for the entire day too good to be true um and turns out there's like a whole scam thing where like they'll make you they'll say that they sent it to the wrong account can you give them their information again and then they take money from your account so um yeah, just be cautious of that. But now, you know, you what you do now, aside from the scams, when you find someone that's something that is legit, you DM or email the person who posted it. Um, people get very, very sensitive to this. So if you send them a DM when they strictly told you to do email, they will get upset with you. Um, so I've, I used to write these like long ass paragraphs, but now I just keep it short and to the point. And let me point out that a lot of these gigs are first come first serve. So the minute you see it, you apply immediately. Um, so I'm going to pull up right now on my phone, excuse me, I have a scratch in my head of, um, what is it? Here we go. My little spiel. So Hey Blank, my name is Liam and I'm interested in the PA role you mentioned on Facebook. I have been freelancing as a PA for over a year now and love providing value on set. I'm available at any time and my rate is $250 for the day. Here is my resume. Put in my resume. Thank you for your consideration. Best regards, Liam Gillen. And then I put my contacts. So it doesn't have to be this like elaborate, big, huge thing. Um, you know, and sometimes they may not ask you what the what your rate is. They may just, you know, the rate will be there on Facebook. Um, and then sometimes you may have to say like, oh, I drive, I don't drive. Like for example, I have driving anxiety and I feel like a lot of the gigs are the reason why I haven't gotten a lot of gigs is because I don't drive, which really, really sucks. And I'm going to get into that in a bit, um, because I have a story revolving around that. But, um, yeah, so you message and you hope that they respond to you. Usually it doesn't require an interview because this is a non experience requirement. So they may just say, oh yeah, you're coming in uh, April 29th at 5 p.m. to film, you know, and that's just how it goes. I haven't done PA work in about six months. I have been applying for the past six months and I have not gotten anything. Um, I, again, I also am a videographer for a company. So I've kind of been focusing on that rather than just taking everything, like don't say yes to everything. You're going to burn out. Um, so I'm just kind of relaxing a bit, but I, as the summer is coming, the weather is warm more shit's gonna happen, more posts will be posted and you just go about that way. So, um, let's talk about some of my PA gigs, shall we? The reason why I had to record this episode, excuse me, the reason why I had to re-record this episode is because I accidentally dropped the name of the company that did this to me and I don't want to get sued. Um, so I'm going to be very careful on how I tell this story. Um, this was my first PA gig and if you were in my shoes, you probably would have quit filmmaking. 
that is what I sincerely believe. I'm shocked that I didn't quit after this because I feel like if I was a first-timer trying to do something for the first time, I would have quit immediately. And I think because I love this so much that I was able to deal with this at the end of the day. So, and I knew that things would be better for me. And they were. So we're going to get into a bad story and then tell the good news story. So it was November of 2020. And I just joined Staff Me Up because every TikTok was saying to do Staff Me Up. And I get a gig. It was a PA gig. It was very, you know, nondescriptive for what I was going to do. So I'm like, okay. They call me. They're like, hey, Liam, you know, we would love to have you for the day. Blah, 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 blah. We're filming in this location. Just meet us in the morning. All right, cool. So the location was in another state, but the other state was like, 40 minutes away so that's not really a big deal um you know once the commute is like two hours long i would drop it so anyway i get there and everyone seemed nice it was seven in the morning people were tired i get it it was a small crew but for a big network um so i just go about my day yada 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 you know and then they asked to see my license And in my head, I thought they meant like they were just going to see my ID to prove that I was who I said I was. And so I do that. Um, Usually if a PA job requires you to drive, they will put that in the description. This job did not. They did not tell me I was going to drive. None of it. So, um, oh, to point out, the location we were actually filming in that day was my hometown but they made me go to another state, which should have been red flag number one, in my opinion. I think they should have just been like, yeah, we'll meet you there. But for some reason, they did not. So um, they give me this van and told me to drive. And I was like, oh, shit. They did not give me the address to the location. And they said, follow the cars. I didn't know how to tell them I couldn't drive, you know. I just, they just assumed it. And before I could say anything, they like all left. So I have these two producers in the back of the car, total assholes. This is, this is the reiteration. Everyone there was an asshole that day. And we're going to get into why. Um, so I'm on the highway. First time ever driving on the highway. Cause I've avoided the highway. I have my license. I just don't drive. Uh, I don't know why, but anyway, um, I just get scared to drive. I, I can't explain it, but, um, which I'm trying to get over. But anyway, so we're on the road. I'm drifting and I'm driving super fucking slow because I want to follow these cars and we're doing fine. We were doing fine. We were doing fine. But the minute I lost the other two cars, panic. But I'm like trying to keep my composure and I'm like, these producers are like ignoring me and I'm like, do you guys know the address? And they're ignoring me and cars are honking. I remember a garbage truck like started honking at me and like flipping me off and it was just like a nightmare. Um, and giving me dirty looks. And then the producers were like whispering to each other, like, what's wrong with this guy? Like in an asshole way, not in the sense of like, is this man okay? Does he need help? It was, you know, just being total assholes. Um, so we find a place to pull to the side of the road and they start drive. They get in the car, start driving and I'm in the back seat, and they're not asking me if I'm okay or anything. They're just simply ignoring me. And yeah. So next Again, this was November of 2020. The vaccines were not out yet. Um, You know, no one was vaccinated. It was, right? Anyway, 
So because of this, because I had a panic attack, they mistook my panic attack for having COVID. And they were upset because they thought I had COVID and was threatening the safety of everybody else. And why would he come to set if he had COVID? It was bullshit. I clearly did not have COVID. Knock on wood. I, to this day, have never had COVID. Knock on wood. Anyway, so I there's an onset paramedic because COVID. And um, I get tested in front of everybody. And the nurse, who was the only nice person to me that day, goes, he doesn't have COVID. You guys can move on. So then they don't apologize for making such a big claim. Um, And yeah, I was excluded for the rest of the day. Um, There were two other PAs with me that day. And this was the first time I ever really saw nepotism in this industry. (laughs) Because one of the PAs was the executive producer's child. And this executive producer has been working with this company since, I don't know, early 2000s or late 90s. So everyone on the cast and crew has known this PA since they were a baby. And the other PA was their best friend from college. If that isn't nepotism and, connect, you know, showing how connections really get you places, I don't know what is. So it was November. It was cold as shit that day. And despite everyone knowing that I did not indeed have COVID, they excluded me regardless um, because they thought I was weird because why would you have a panic attack while on the highway? Anyway, so it, during that time, you were only allowed to have four people on set at a given time. So we were across the street just waiting for things to be done like, oh, they needed this there and that there and whatever. So there was really no point in having a 25-person crew on set if only five people could be there that day. So there were like four vans or something. Everyone sitting in their nice heated vans with their nice little Wi-Fi, doing work, and blah, blah, blah. You know where I was? Sitting on the grass in the cold because no one would allow me to go into their car despite being tested negatively for covid they just like did not like me from the start. Even at even before the driving panic attack, they like just ignored me. So <laughs> this was just like they just did not like me. So um, there was um, there was one truck, and it had all lenses and camera gear and gimbals and you know the tech truck. I was trying to push things away so I could sit and I couldn't and I was in the freezing cold for two hours doing absolutely nothing while everyone was sitting and chatting with their little Dunkin' coffee. Um, So I'm trying to... Okay, yeah, I have like a list of things that I wrote. All right, the next thing was I, again, I this was my hometown. I know the area. And when you're a PA, sometimes they'll make you go out and, oh, we need extra batteries. Can you go to the local Best Buy? Oh, you know, we need lunch. Can you find a restaurant? You know, things like that. They were all talking about they needed some extra tech stuff. And there was a Best Buy like 10 minutes away. And they were trying to find a tech store. And I knew that there was a Best Buy. And I'm trying to reiterate, hey, I I grew up here. I'm from here. Like, there's a Best Buy. straight up ignoring me, like just straight up ignoring me when I was trying to help. Um, and you know, I don't know what, where they ended up. I, I, you know, I hope they got law. I'm just kidding. 
No, but like straight up not listening to me. I was like, hey, you know, there's this restaurant off the street that just straight up ignoring me. Um, and then they tell me, hey, Liam, can you hold up a modifier? A modifier is pretty much like a soft box for outdoors when you're filming outdoors for the sun. Um, and I put it on the ground. They're like, oh, you can't do that. Like, it's against COVID restrictions. Like, it's going to scratch the wood. I'm like, is the wood going to get COVID? I didn't say that to them, but in my head, I was like, is the wood going to get COVID? No. So they make me hold this big-ass modifier on my foot for 40 minutes. Little did I know in those 40 minutes was lunchtime. Yeah, and no one told me. No one told me. So then when I'm finished, they're like, yeah, your lunch is here. They're like, yeah, we just had lunch 40 minutes ago. Where were you? I was like, you made me stand here with the modifier on my foot. That's where I was because you didn't want the modifier to get COVID. So I get my lunch and it's cold as fuck. Like it's really cold. Like the it's, yeah. So I'm stuck eating that. Um, yeah. Tal- oh, and the next one, the talent, the talent, the people that we were filming that day were such assholes. You know, I've been on sets where actors and actresses were the most humble f- people like, they were so nice <coughs> and genuinely were appreciative of, the, of what the cast and crew were doing. Not these people. They were dicks. They were assholes. Like, they thought they were better than everybody. They were ranting about how this show would be nothing without them and that, you know, people need to be more grateful and how the network shouldn't be firing them because of their attitude and just, ugh. Yeah, so... I get stuck in a van with one talent and it's because, so they told me specifically, Hey Liam, we need you to go back to the state where they all met up at. And I, they said that I was going to be cleaning up equipment in the hotel because they rented out a hotel room where all the equipment was and, you know, to prepare for the next shooting day. Um, let me point out, I was only shooting for one day with them. So I'm like, okay, I get in the van and one of the talent is in the van. And he looks at me and goes, who do you think you are? And I was like, excuse me? And I was like, my name's Liam. I'm PA today. And he was like, oh, okay. They're like, you know, I was replacing a PA for the day because the PA got sick. I don't even know. But so anyway, um, we're in the car and this, this guy, this talent shouldn't be not even talent, literally just was ranting about how he was better than everybody else. And how, you know, again, this show was nothing without them. And the producer in the car was like thoroughly agreeing and just, you know, hyping up this person's cockiness and arrogance. Um, So that was fun. You know, and of course, they're still ignoring me. Um, I wasn't talking, but God, you know, they made me go to a gas station, a convenience store, all on the highway for like a good two hours when, of course, this drive would have been 30 to 40 minutes. So I get to the hotel and I'm sitting in the lobby. And they're going up to their rooms to sleep. And before they go to sleep, I go, this, this, is, this is the icing. Nope, we have two icings on the cake. This is part one. I, I text the producer and I go, hey, which room do I need to unload equipment in? And he goes, oh, you were done for the day. We just needed you to come with us to Connecticut. And I was like, so you knew that this was my hometown that we were filming in my hometown and you drove me all the way here to Connecticut to let me know that I was done for the day when you could have told me that in my hometown and I could have just had a 10 minute commute home 
F-U. And that, oh, God, man. I am so lucky that the train station was right across the street. And that train was coming in two minutes. And let me point out, again, I could have done 30 to 40 minute drive home. I could have got my mother to pick me up, but nope. She already drove me, you know, and I didn't want to do that to her again. Um, So that train was like a two to three hour train ride when I could have been home in 10 minutes. No, they made me drive. They made me come with them to Connecticut just for them to go take a nap and tell me that I needed to do work in Connecticut just to tell me, oh, no, you're done. Man, you know, this is what made my blood boil. They were such jerks. Oh, and to make it worse, we, you know, I think this is also why they treated me like shit that day. Um, I haven't mentioned this on a podcast, but I'm just going to say it now because if you Google me, you'll find this information out anyway about me, but I'm transgender. I was um, assigned female at birth and transitioned to male when I was 20. Um, So my name was not changed yet at this point. So I explained that to them. I was like, listen, my ID is not going to match my name um so yeah just if you could not put my legal my now dead name on the call sheet that would be fantastic you know what they did these fuckers put my they put liam but then they wrote you know usually when at that time when i was transitioning in my name and people were getting to know my new name I might transition back to 2018. So this was 2020, two years later. Usually what I used to do is I used to write Liam, parentheses, uh, my dead name, and then I would write Gillen. They did not do that. No, 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 no. They could have just gotten rid of the dead name altogether. That's what I wanted them to do, but they did not. They wrote Liam or dead name. So pretty much the call sheet was showing everybody. You can either call him this or call him that. That was not their place to do. And they outed me to that whole set. So, you know what? They either could have, um, what is it? They were probably, you know, I think they were assholes, number one, because they thought I had COVID when I didn't. And I was tested negative twice because we had to do two COVID tests during that day. And because potentially they did not like the fact that I was transgender. Because they outed me to the whole set and people turned their backs on me that entire day. So I'm assuming it was a mix of the two. Um, But yeah, I am never working for that company ever again. And I am not even saying the name of them. And the fact that they are a major network, yikes. But I did go on Glassdoor that night and I wrote a nice review. A really nice review about who they are and blah, blah, blah. And I've had friends um, that have also worked with them and had horrible experiences. I really wish I could say the name, but I really don't want to get sued. Um, But anyway, so now let's flip it over to a positive um, because I wanted to just say that terrible story for the sake of um, just showing your worth and being treated right because a lot of entry-level jobs, they may treat you like scum because you don't know any better and blah, 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 blah. No, you deserve the same ounce of respect and decency because you are helping. Anyway. So we're going to go a year later to November of 2021. In 2021, I had a good span of um, production assistant gigs um, that I was treated very well. And I really felt connected to these people. So I'm very grateful for that. But there was one gig that I think has changed my life. Um, So 
November of 2021, I'm on Facebook, and this individual is like writing about that they're looking for PAs for their show. Um, this is also on a major network. Um, and I'll just say the name um, because they were really great. Billions. Um, billions on Showtime. So um, phenomenal. Anyway, so this guy, they this individual, excuse me, this individual messages and is pretty much like, hey, we're looking for PAs. Um, we're really strongly encouraging LGBTQ people to apply because there's not many of us in the industry, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. So my ass is like, all right, I'm going to do this. So I send my stuff and whatever. And the person was like, thank you. But like we, we filled up and this is why you should always reply when you get rejected <clears throat> because it could lead to something. So I wrote, you know, how I appreciated that this individual was <coughs> targeting LGBTQ people because for LGBTQ people, you know, it's hard for us to get, why is my voice getting raspy? Because it's hard for us to get jobs um, because this is a very predominantly white, <coughs> excuse me, because this industry is a predominantly white cisgendered male industry. Um, and let me point out that I am a white man, so I do pass as a white cis man and people wouldn't know I was transgender unless I told them. Um, but again, you know, people Google me and they find out and that could have led to me not getting jobs at certain times. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, I just sent it for future reference, whatever I get in the shower, I hop out of the shower and the person messages me back and goes, actually someone just dropped out. And if you get to Brooklyn by 12 o'clock, you'll get the job. And I went, oh my God, run. And I just took a nice ass shower. And now I'm about to sweat my ass off again. I run to the train station. It was 1045. There was an 1122 train. And I just sat there and like waited and waited and waited. And I just, I don't, I didn't run there. I flew there. Like I got there so fast. I got there by like 1145. Um, basically the reason why they had me come to Brooklyn was to get a PCR, a negative, a COVID test. Um, so I got the COVID test, tested negative, of course, and I got on set and I was a lockup PA, meaning that my job was to make sure no one goes on set. Um, that is not meant to be there. So random pedestrians, people flipping out their phones because again, NDAs and they don't want to reveal what's happening in the show. Um, so we filmed all over Manhattan and very nice cast and crew, people willing to help people, willing to give advice, like really good people. Um, and I didn't think anything of it because a lot of the gigs I did were one day. It was a week or two later and the person comes back and goes, Hey Liam, you want to come back? And I couldn't believe it. And I was like, fuck yeah, I want to come back. I ended up doing three more episodes with them, um, for season six. Season six is already out. The episodes I'm in that I was a PA in, um, just came out. I haven't been able to see it cause I don't have a Showtime subscription, um, my mom does and has been watching, but season six is not up yet on, um, Amazon prime. So, you know, when we see it, it'll be my first time in credits, which is really, really cool. Mm. And that's been the last PA gig I did because, um, what should we call it? Uh, my, I got hired like that same month for the company I work for now. So, which has been great. They've been really, really great. Um, so I have kind of been putting it on the back burner for PA and, you know, Omicron happened and, you know, you don't really get many filming opportunities in the winter in New York because no one wants to film in the snow. It's like gross and cold and whatever. So, you know, that hasn't really happened. Um, but yeah, that PA experience, I met a lot of new people. I got some people on Instagram. Um, 
you know, we're all just trying to find connections and people to network with. I have networked with some people, um, you know, that have been really great. But unfortunately, like, you know, just because you network with somebody doesn't mean that, like, you're going to be guaranteed a job. Um, a big problem I have with networking is, yeah, you'll network and get advice and stuff like that. But um, if that person personally has not worked with you, it's very hard for them to advocate for you because you can seem like this nice person off the bat, but like be a shitty person on set. You know what I mean? So um, it kind of goes that way. But um, I'm hoping to get back into it. Um, I want to move up from PA to camera. Um, I feel like I've done enough PA work to, you know, do that. But um, yeah. So that is my whole spiel about what it means to be a PA, how to become a PA, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and yeah, thank you for listening in this week for The Introverted Filmmaker. Um, I look forward to hearing from you guys next week. So bye, guys. <laughs>